The Books of Obadiah and Jonah from the Holy Bible in Modern English, translated by Farrar Fenton. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Mark Penfold. The Book of Obadiah. The Vision of Obadiah. Thus says the mighty Lord about Edom. We have heard a command from the Lord about Edom, and a message is sent to the nations. Arise and go up to the war against her. Look, I will make you be small among nations, and you shall be greatly despised. Your bold heart deceived you, who dwell on high cliffs, whose home is on high, and who says to his heart, Who can drag me to earth? If with eagles you soar, if you nest among stars, I will drag down from there, says the Lord. If thieves come to you, or if burglars by night, would they not cease when they'd stolen enough? If grape-gatherers came to you, would they not leave gleanings? Is not Esau discovered, his treasures poured out? Those men, your allies, to your borders have driven, they deceived you, your friends have overwhelmed, spread a net on your bread that you did not perceive. Will not I? asks the Lord. Now take genius from Edom, and talent from off Edom's hill. Make your generals, Teman, be cowards, so that slaughter may cut off the men from Mount Esau. Shame shall clothe for the wrongs done to Jacob your brother, and you shall be cut off forever. At that time you stood near when the foreigners captured his army, and the strangers came into his gates and tossed dice for Jerusalem. You joined one with them. You looked not on that day at your brother. In that day you made him a stranger. You soothed not Judah's sons in the day of their loss, nor opened your mouth in his day of distress, nor came to the gate of my race in the day of their grief, nor sent to his aid in the day of his sorrow. But you stood at the crossroads to cut off his flight, and hid not his escaped in their day of defeat. But the day of the Lord will come on every nation, and as you have done, he will do to yourselves. Your crime will return on your head, as you drank upon my holy hill, all the nations shall drink upon you, deeply drink, and will swallow you down. You will be as if never in life. But Mount Zion will be a safe refuge. Jacob's house shall possess it in peace. Then Jacob's house shall be the fire, and Joseph's house shall be the flame. But Esau's house shall be like stubble, which they shall ignite and consume, and of Esau's house none be remaining. As the Lord has decreed. Then the southerns shall hold Esau's hills, and his lowlands Philistia will seize, and Ephraim will capture his valleys with the fields that belong to Shomeron, and Benjamin conquer Gilad, and Israel's sons seize the plain which Canaan holds up to Zarephath, and Jerusalem capture in Sephrad, and possess all the towns of the south. And guardians shall come from Mount Zion to govern upon Esau's hill, but the kingship shall be for the Lord. The End of Obadiah The Book of Jonah Chapter 1 a message came from the Lord to Jonah ben Amitta, to say, Rise, go to Nineveh the great city, and preach to it, for its wickedness has come up before me. 
Jonah, however, arose and fled towards Tarshish from the presence of the ever-living, and descended to Jaffa, and found a ship going to Tarshish, and paid his fare, and embarked in her to go with them to Tarshish from the presence of the ever-living. But the ever-living raised a great wind upon the sea, and then came a furious storm, and the ship seemed about to be wrecked. So the sailors became terrified, and cried every one to his God, and threw out the cargo that was in the ship into the sea to lighten her. But Jonah had gone down to the berths, and lay fast asleep. The captain of the ship, however, came to him and said, Why are you asleep? Get up and call upon your God. Perhaps your God will save us, then we shall not perish. But every one said to his messmate, Come on, let us throw dice and find out on account of whom this danger has come on us. So they threw dice, and the dice fell against Jonah. So they asked, Tell us now on account of what this danger came to us. Where are you going, and where do you come from? What is your country, and to what people do you belong? And he replied to them, I am a Hebrew. I reverence the Lord God of heaven who made the sea and the land. Then the men were afraid with great terror, and asked him, What have you done? For the men understood that he was flying from the presence of the ever-living, for he had told them. They consequently asked him, What must be done to you to lessen the sea around us, for the water and the storm gallop? And he answered, Heave me up and fling me into the sea, and the sea will be abated about you, because I know that this great hurricane has come upon you on my account. The men, however, worked hard to return to the land, but were not able, for the sea galloped and the storm was against them. So they cried to the ever-living, and said, We beg of you, ever-living, now, not to let the life of this man perish, and not to lay upon us innocent blood, for you can do as you decide. Then they hoisted Jonah and flung him into the sea, and the fury of the sea ceased. But the men were terrified, and reverenced the ever-living greatly, and offered a sacrifice to the ever-living, and vowed vows. Chapter 2 But the ever-living had appointed the great fish to pick up Jonah. And Jonah was three days and nights in the hold of the fish. And Jonah prayed to his ever-living God from the hold of the fish, and said, In my misery... I cried to the Lord, and he pitied in that hollow den. I cried, and he answered my cry, when I was flung into the deep in the heart of the sea, with your breakers and torrents around, and your gallopers rolling on me. Then I said, I am thrown from your sight, yet of your holy name I will think. The waters sucked down to the soul of the deep, and my head was entangled in weeds. I sank to the clefts of the hills, the earth closed and barred me forever. But you brought my soul up from the pit, my Lord God. When my breath fainted, I thought of the Lord, and my prayer went up to your holy abode. Those who trust in vain falsehood abandon their hope. But I sacrificed praise with my voice. What I vowed, I will pay to the Lord. The ever-living afterwards directed the fish and it discharged Jonah on the land. Chapter 3 Then the command of the ever-living came to Jonah the second time, to say, Arise, go to Nineveh the great city, and preach in it the sermon that I command you. Jonah consequently arose and went to Nineveh as the ever-living commanded, 
and Nineveh was a great city to God, three days' journey across. When Jonah had begun to enter the city, he travelled a three days' journey, and proclaimed, Four days hence Nineveh will be overthrown! And the people of Nineveh trusted God, and proclaimed a fast, and clothed in sacking from the greatest to the least. The matter was also reported to the king of Nineveh, and he arose from his throne, and stripped off his robes, and clothed himself in sacking, and sat in the dust. And it was proclaimed, and commanded by a decree of the king and his nobles, saying, Let men and cattle of the field and sheep not taste of anything, either food or water to drink, but let men and cattle be clothed in sacking, and cry earnestly to God, and let every one turn from his peculiar sin, and from the wrong that is in his hands. Who knows but that God will turn and have pity, and restrain his anger, and not destroy? God saw their acts, how they turned from their bad course. So God showed mercy instead of the punishment which he had warned would be inflicted upon them, and did it not. CHAPTER four. But Jonah was vexed with great vexation, and furious at it. So he prayed to the ever-living, and exclaimed, Now, Lord, is not this what I said whilst I was still in my own country? Consequently I determined to fly to Tarshish, for I knew that you were kind and merciful, very forbearing and full of pity toward the sinful. So now, Lord, take my life from me, for it is better for me to die than live. But the ever-living answered him, what does it benefit you to be enraged? Then Jonah went out of the city, and sat opposite the east of the town, and made a hut there for himself, and sat under its shade, so that he might watch to see what the ever-living would do to the town. But the ever-living had prepared a gourd, and it grew over the hut of Jonah, and became a shade over its top, to protect him from his passions. And Jonah was glad of the gourd with a great gladness. God, however, had provided a worm against the advance of darkness a few days after, and it pierced the gourd so that it withered. And when the sun arose, God prepared a rushing east wind, and the sun struck the head of Jonah, and he fainted and wished himself to die, and exclaimed, It is better for me to die than live. The ever-living, however, said to Jonah, Is it well for you to be grieved for the gourd? when he replied, It is well for me to be grieved to death. But the ever-living answered, You are sorry for the gourd that you did not cultivate, nor caused to grow. It was the product of a night, and perished in a night. Therefore should not I have pity for Nineveh, that great city, which has in it more than ten times twelve thousand of mankind, who do not know their right hand from their left, besides multitudes of animals? The End of the Book of Jonah And the End of the Books of Obadiah and Jonah Recording by Mark Penfold